Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a wealth management firm. We are a registered investment advisory firm located in Riverside, and I'm a certified financial planner. I have three other individuals in my company that are also certified financial planners. We are fiduciaries. If you want to understand what a fiduciary is and why you should be doing business with one, give me a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Or just simply go to our website, which is www retirementunlimited.com. Every week what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now in the first part, the first segment of the program today in retirement update, I want to talk about choices that we make as we step into retirement. So I'm kind of titling, titling this article or this segment, uh, Location, Vocation, and Vacation. So a lot of people, when they, they start to talk about retirement, one of the first things they talk about is, do they age in place or do they sell their home and move? Do they move out of the area? Those are all things that everybody kind of goes through. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of aspects that go into that choice. I think probably the key factor for most of the clients that I talk to is family. If family is located within the area, that really locks them in or kind of anchors them into the uh, vicinity without moving. Now, whether that they sell their home and move into something that's more accommodating for them, those are all personal choices. I would say the vast majority of the people that I talk to, vast majority of my clients would rather age in place. So the question is, do you fix up your home and make it more um, suitable for somebody who is older Or do you sell your home and move into something that is already designed and set up for that, like a retirement community or something like that? Those are things that um, uh, they're very personal. I've never found any set answer. There is a series of questions that I take people through and try to determine what their preferences would be. But at the end of the day, there's really no wrong answer or right answer because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know what your health is going to be. What all those other issues? I want to talk more about just the balancing act between vocation and vacation. So the question is, is when you step into retirement or you start to think about retirement, are you thinking about this long-term wake up when I wake up and travel when I travel and sunsets will always be out there forever? Or is there a end to that? And a lot of studies have really come up with this whole point of endless travel or the vision of endless travel. And the vast majority of retirees have this picture in their head 
of what they see their retirement to be. And what we have found out is this a law of diminishing returns on leisure. Thus, what's happening is, is that people run into some kind of conflict, conflict, and they're they're talking about, you know, do we continue to do this? I think it's because it's self-serving. A lot of the studies come back and talk about, you know, have this, you know, you see these pictures of these people, you know, walking down the beach and um, it's this perfect sunset. At the end of the day, it's not as fulfilling. It's not as fulfilling as most people would think it would be. And travel is, if you've done any travel, travel is not easy. It's not something where you just simply go to the airport and get, you know, go to wherever you're supposed to go and everything is fine at the other end. There's a lot of work and preparation. And the older that we get, the more difficulty it is in just meeting all of the obligations to going through security, the packing, you know, all those things. And as you get older, that becomes much more complex. So therefore, I think that one of the things that we do in the surveys that we're looking at right now is that retirees have a have a picture of leisure in their head that is different than actuality. The other thing is, do do I continue to work? In other words, am I going to just take a point in time in my life and am I just going to step out and, you know, one day I just don't go to work and that's it? What we're finding is, is that there's a good percentage of people that once they quit work, it is really hard for them because it becomes a center of their purpose. And what they're finding is it that purpose is a big driving part of their life and work fulfills that purpose to a large degree. So if you just step out, it, it, it really is a, is a severing. And I tell clients that this transition from having to work to wanting work is a big deal. So therefore, what we want to do is get a sense of the purpose and continuing to work is not just requirement of money. It really fulfills other things, value. First of all, it gets you engaged. There's a social network that you have at work that when you when you go into retirement, it's really hard to replace that. Now, I, I don't know about you, but because of my age and because of the people that are around me that are close to my age, I'm finding that a lot of people are aging out. And I, and I want to pause here and I talk to people and say, oh, stop now, really consider the value of work and what do you get out of it? Not only what do you do for other people, but what does work do for you? It gives you a sense of meaning and purpose and requirements. And I think that that, that intellectual stimulation is really important. And you get rewarded because you're able to become a problem solver and you do, you do not just become the, you know, the, the person at the other end that is getting the paycheck, but you are providing a solution for your employer. That's why a lot of my employees, I, it's interesting, they end up going back to work for the same company, typically as a consultant. You know, to the company, you become a very valuable commodity because if you're fully retired, you don't require benefits. You don't require a lot of the same costs. You can, you can turn it off and on whenever. The employer can call you as needed. There's a lot of benefits to that, and it also gets you, it keeps you engaged. So therefore, there is a big payoff and a big aspect of purpose when you still stay engaged with your employment. Now, you don't have to just go to work. You can make that switch and you go to volunteerism. I find a lot of people that are very, very valuable, and there's a feel value, and they get that sense of purpose by volunteering their, their strengths and such. 
Now, there are some people who just don't do that, but I find that you know most most retirees, my clients, they are very actively engaged in some kind of either their church work, some kind of social, maybe political, you know, whatever it is, they donate their time. And as one lady told me one time, when you're volunteering, you can quit. Nobody's telling you you have to be there. You're there because you want to be there. But I find that people find that same social interaction. They're, they're working with people that have the same kind of outlook, the same uh, skill sets, the same purposes, and they find that there's a sense of fulfillment by doing that. There's a lot of studies that have come out and talked about retirement and the purposes of it, you know, and making decisions that allow you to become more fulfilled, actively engaged, and to fulfill your purpose in life. And it doesn't end the day you retire from your job. You've got a whole nother life ahead of you, folks. So therefore, you want to fill it with meaningful things. If you'd like to know more information about this, I've got some studies that I can send to you. Just give me a call at my office. It's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement isn't a cliff. It's a journey. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. President Trump is in the process. I mean, they've already sent over the impeachment papers to from Congress to the Senate. And in typical style, Donald Trump has just got on the plane and gone to Savos. He's talking. He, it just doesn't bother him. He just is moving forward. But let's kind of take back. Let's kind of look back a little bit over the last three years and what's happened during Donald Trump's presidency. First of all, last year when Donald Trump went before uh, the, you know, went before the aud- audience at, at uh, Davos. Now, Davos, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, a, um, it's an annual setting where virtually all the top heads of state, you know, top heads of industry, entertainment, personalities, they all meet there. They're all very influential in some arena that they're in, and they come together. And this is the 50th anniversary of this, so this is a big deal. And President Trump was there. Uh, he was back there in 2018, and his comment to them is he said, because remember, he, he said, you know, America first. And he said, America first does not mean America alone. But what's happened over the course of his presidency right now is we have a very good picture of how his influence has changed the relationships with, our, with all the other countries in the world. And the U.S. is not turning isolationist, 
but more unilateralist. What, what he did is he pulled out of those agreements, those multi, um, multilateral agreements where you're in, a, in a, basically a basket with a bunch of other countries. And he said, I don't want to do that. He said, I want bilateral agreements. And he pulled away from the TPP, um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, because he saw that America would be diluted when it came to disputes. And he said, I don't want to do that. He said, I don't think that's in our best interest. He is opposed to globalism. In other words, the sense that America has to, has to diminish their economic value to build up the rest of the world. And for the last 20 plus years, we've been in this globalism and we have traded jobs to the rest of the world. Now that has hurt American workers and it has manufacturing has moved out. And when Donald Trump came in, Peter Navarro and Wilbur Ross, a lot of these people that he's gathered around him clearly saw that by giving up our manufacturing base, we are cutting out the heart of American industry, but more importantly, it's hurting American workers. So therefore what's happened since he's become president is that he has restructured the relationship with virtually every country out there. And and even his Democratic rivals share his aversion to endless wars and see trade packs as giveaways to corporations that sacrifice the livelihoods of working-class Americans. So that's why he sees unions. You know, the unions look at him and almost see, yeah, he's really on our side. He's brought back manufacturing to the United States. He's brought back well-paying jobs. Now, what does that mean to us? What does that mean to you and I, you know, on Main Street America? He's lowered taxes, so that means corporations pay less. They use that money to hopefully to, to build up more business, hence higher employment. But it's driven down unemployment. It's driven down unemployment to below 4%, historically very, very low. And a lot of the people that would be left out of the job or the expansion economically have now been included in that growth. So we've seen unemployment drop, rates drop in virtually every ethnicity group out there. It's becoming a generally better economic situation for every household in America. But one of the trade-offs are, and one of the things that I looked at going back years ago when Trump started to announce in the white papers that I read before he was elected in 2016, is I said, we're going to end up paying more for our goods and services. So the question I always put to clients is that, would you rather pay uh, Would you rather pay less in taxes and have a better choice on the products that you're buying, the services that you bring, or would you rather pay uh, higher taxes and have less choice on what you're buying? And so everybody kind of thought about that, and that's that kind of is at the crux of what's going on here. I think at the end of the day that you and I are probably going to pay more for some of the products that we choose. But again, each and every one of us are independent and we have the ability to buy whatever we want and we can compare and price shop across the board. And hence, inflation has not had the impact that a lot of economists feared because that was one of the big things with Trump's economic program is that we're going to have inflation. We're going to bring back manufacturing in the United States but services, those products that are made here in the United States cannot be made cheaper than they have been, let's say, in China, Mexico, or other places in the world. 
But what's happened is there has been a technology change. So technology has had a dramatic impact, particularly in robotics and other forms of manufacturing. So it's, it's created a higher productivity rate. So that means that companies can produce more with less people. That means every person who is working and with lower unemployment, companies are having to convert a lot of the tasks to kind of machine or, you know, artificial intelligence, all these things. But it makes the employee more valuable. Hence, we're seeing a wage increase. We're starting to see people's wages rise. In fact, right now, it's almost close to about 4% on an increase, but it hasn't caused inflation. This is the thing that most people were concerned about. They said, you cannot have rising wages without having inflation. And inflation has remained relatively muted. And I think it goes back to the fact that we all have personal choices. You and I can choose to buy this product or that product. We can say, this creates better value for me. This one creates less value for me. I may pay more for this, but it's going to last longer. It has a better outcome for me personally. But the other person comes to the same shelf, looks at it and says, no, I want this product versus that. So it puts personal choice back in the hands of the consumer. I would rather have more money and have more personal choice. I mean, that's my, that's my, you know, that's my belief. Again, I, I have a lot of this conversation with my liberal friends. They like to see a better social net. I like to see a hand up, not a hand out. There's just a difference of value. I think that mercy is clearly part of our, in other words, we don't want to see people put underfoot and downtrodden at the same point in time. There are people that are there that because of their own decisions that they have made. And I, and I, I want to be really careful here because there's a lot of people that are hurting and their life circumstances are um, crushing. And I think society should reach out and be able to help those people out of that situation. But in some cases, they will not choose to go under discipline. And, you know, those are hard choices. But going back to the economy, we have this, we have this unifying umbrella that U.S.-sponsored rules is disappearing. This has not unleashed a destructive global descent into protectionism you know, as some feared. Now, except between the United States and China, trade disputes have been really too tiny to really register much of an impact on the U.S. and global growth. Now, other countries continue to pursue trade agreements and the World Trade Organization continues to just deal with those disputes. And what Trump says is, I want bilateral trade agreements. I don't want to be in a group and have everybody so that our decision process is going to be it's going to be difficult to get, get justice in that situation. So through this new unilateralism, the U.S. is getting a bigger say in how the world's economy pie gets, gets devied up, you know, how it gets divided. The risk is that the pie itself will be probably a little bit smaller. If you'd like to talk to me about this and how we use this information to make decisions about how we manage people's capital, give me a call. My phone number is 951 951- 684-7011. Let's build a plan together. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. 
or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. See, this is an article that I kept for a long time. This was this was actually published in the Wall Street Journal back last year in November 18th. And I've reread the article um, several times. And the, the title of it is, What Science Tells Us About Preventing Dementia. One of the biggest fears that most people have as they get older, and the jokes around is I, I, I walk in the room and I forget why I was there. And they think they're going through some kind of dementia. Now, dementia is a serious issue, and I don't want to make light of it. Um, those people that are struggling with it are looking for some way to prevent it. And uh, there is no cure right now. I mean, if you have been diagnosed with some, some form of uh, Alzheimer's, it is a progressive disease, and it's terrible. It sucks the life out of people. I've, I've witnessed it many times. But the question is, is there something that you can do now to help prevent the diagnosis of some form of dementia down the road. In this article, it talks about what science is telling us. It kind of gives you a leading edge of what their research is giving you as far as um, what you can do individually. There's things that we can do, and it's not just taking a pill, folks. Um, it is, there's a, there's a, it, it's kind of a combination of a wide, wide variety of things. And, um, and I'll be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of this. Just go to my website or just give me a call at my office number at 951-684-7011 and be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of this article. But in this article, the author of, the journalist from the Wall Street Journal, has talked to a lot of physicians and has talked to a lot of research um, departments that are trying to figure out how best to deal with dementia. Now, a lot of the reasons for dementia is, of course, we're just getting older. We're living longer. And the evidence of that is becoming more apparent with uh, short-term memory loss and Alzheimer's and such. But one of the first things that they have found is that blood pressure control, and that's what it talks about in this article, is so critically important. In fact, it was so it, the evidence of blood pressure control for uh, dementia and Alzheimer's became so acutely uh, apparent in their research that they had to stop some of the, you know, they have the, the blind test. They have some people that take this versus other people that don't. And um, it just became very apparent. So they stopped that. They want to make sure because blood pressure and keeping control of blood pressure is such a critical element to uh, preventing long-term, or excuse me, preventing uh, dementia. The second one, of course, is exercise. It's something that everybody doesn't want to hear, but exercise is so critically important and they're thinking that because of the blood, you know, if you get up to an aerobic level, that the uh, blood pumping through actually removes some of the uh, particles in your brain that causes potentially Alzheimer's and dementia later on. And if you don't do that, if you have a sedentary lifestyle, your blood doesn't push those things through your brain. The other thing is cognitive training. You know, I just saw a, a documentary, kind of a short, about a one-hour thing on Betty White. Betty White's an amazing lady. She's 98 years old. She has this incredible outlook, and uh, she's just done amazing things. But it also, she has cognitive training. She plays games, and I think it's really important 
The other thing it talks about in this article is diet um, and a combination of all these things together. And again, if you'd like to have a copy of this article, it's called Preventing What Science Tells Us About Preventing Dementia. In the time that I have left here, I can't go through all the aspects, but just give me a call at my office or just go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com and ask for a copy of the article. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.